Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. So uh, take your Bible and turn with me, please, to the book of Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. And also, by the way, uh, at the end of the service, our ushers will be standing at the door. And uh, they'll be receiving your tithe and offering. Uh, so as you go out, uh, just be prepared to drop your tithe and offering into the buckets as you go out. Uh, so also, the uh, Kingdom Seekers are going to be having lunch today at uh, Chin's Restaurant. So if you are a Kingdom Seeker, uh, they would love to have you join them today, Sister Gwen and Sister Lynette. Uh, at Chin's restaurant. Matthew chapter 11, beginning with verse 2. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Thank you, Father, for your word. Lord, I thank you this morning for the purpose of the word and for the direction of the word. I thank you for those that will receive it. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Amen. Amen. You can take your seat. I want to bring this word, and this is what Holy Spirit dealt with me about uh, along about the first part of the week. God began to deal with me about this. And the title of this, if you want a title for it, is What caused you to stumble? What caused you to stumble? John the Baptist, as most of us know, was one of the greatest men in the Bible. He was the forerunner of the Christ. He was the one that was divinely selected by God to be the one that would go before Jesus the Christ and prepare the way. John the Baptist was such a great man that that uh, God had not spoken by prophet nor by word for over 400 years. And in the first part of Matthew and Luke and Mark, you'll see where God raised up uh, Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth and they had a son named John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the first voice Uh, that God spoke through to uh, the world for over 400 years. He was the forerunner of the Christ. You know the story in Matthew chapter 3, and I'm going to try to be real fast, but in Matthew chapter 3, you know the story of Jesus 
when he was first about to begin his earthly ministry. The Bible says that he came down, John the Baptist was in the wilderness. That's all that John the Baptist had ever known. He hadn't known the cities. He hadn't been in the streets. He hadn't been in the, in the uh, suburbs and all of that. He had been in the wilderness, and that's where his ministry had taken place. The Bible says that John the Baptist was in the wilderness by the Jordan River baptizing people, and Jesus come walking down uh, the banks of the Jordan River. And the Bible says that John the Baptist looked up and said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And he looked at Jesus, and Jesus looked at him and said, I want to be baptized. And John the Baptist said, Lord, I'm not even worthy to bend down and loosen the sandals on your feet. I'm the one that you need to baptize. And Jesus said, but John, it behooves us to fulfill all Scripture. And John took him down in the middle of the water in the Jordan River and laid him down in the water and, and brought him back up. And the Bible says that when Jesus came back up, that a, that a, a dove in the form, the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove, descended out of heaven and there was a voice from the Father that spoke and said this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased and, and listen John the Baptist was right there he was hands on eyes on and mouth on everything that God was doing In other words, what I'm trying to tell you is that John the Baptist had an encounter with the Son of the living God. John the Baptist had a, an encounter with Jesus. And when Jesus walked down and he baptized him, he knew that this is the Son of God. But the boldness of John the Baptist... How many, of you, how many of you know that sometimes the boldness that the gift of God brings in your life will cause people to not like what you have to say? But the boldness of John the Baptist got him in trouble because he looked at the king and said, Hey, dude, I want to tell you, that that woman that you've married, that you're living with, is not your wife. You took her from, from uh, Philip. She is not your wife. You're living in sin, and I'm paraphrasing because I want you to get what I'm saying. That John the Baptist was walking in his gifting that God had given him. He was walking in his divine purpose that God had put on his life. And he looked at the king and said, you're living in sin. It made uh, uh, Herod mad. It also made his wife mad. And, and to make a long story short, uh, they put him in prison. And you know the story how uh, her, her uh, daughter danced before the king and so pleased the king that he said, listen, I'll give you half the kingdom. Whatever you want, uh, I, if, all you got to do is ask. And her mom, that was operating as a Jezebelic spirit, uh, 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 said, listen, tell him that all you want is you want the head of John Baptist in a charger. And so uh, that's the story. Now John the Baptist is in prison. He's in the middle of prison. 
And he probably knows that it's not going to be long that he's going to die. That might be the reason that John the Baptist said, I must uh, decrease that he might increase. But here's the thing that I want you to, I want you to see. Is John the Baptist is in prison. And he sends a message. He hears about what Jesus is doing. And he sends his disciples on a mission to speak to Jesus. And look at the question that he told them to ask Jesus. John heard in prison about the deeds of Christ. And he sent word by his disciples and said to them, and said to Jesus. In other words, John said, I want you to go, and I want you to find Jesus. And he said, this is what I want you to ask him. Are you the one who is to come? Or shall we look for another? And this is the word that the Holy Spirit told me to give this house this morning. Doesn't matter how spiritual you are. Doesn't matter how long you've been in church. Doesn't matter how much you read your Bible. Doesn't matter all of that. It doesn't matter what people think about you. It doesn't matter if they think that you're the greatest thing since grits. Doesn't matter about all of that. It doesn't matter how spiritual you look. Doesn't matter how long your sleeves are, how long you wear your dress. Doesn't matter if you wear makeup or no makeup. Doesn't matter if you button your shirt up or all of that. Listen, there comes a time in all of our lives that we begin to struggle. We walk into a valley and in a battle. And in the middle of that battle, we begin to question or the enemy begins to question uh, about the authority of God in our lives. Listen, there's not a one of us in here this morning that at some point in your life, you have came across things that have caused you to stumble. I want you to notice what Jesus said to John, John's disciples. He said, I want you to go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receiving their sight, the lame are walking, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf are hearing, and the dead are being raised up, and the poor are having the good news uh, preached to them. But notice verse 6 that Jesus said, and blessed is he our blessed is the one who is not offended by me. That word offended in the Greek is scandalizo. Scandalizo. And here's what it means. It means to put a snare or a stumbling block in the way. It's the thing to which it is related is referred to as a bait stick or of a trap. Scandalizo or the word offense is like a bait stick that has bait on it that once it is touched by an animal, it triggers the trap and closes on the animal and they become entrapped in that. Several weeks ago, we've got chickens 
Judy's got chickens. I am their caretaker and provider. But Judy's got chickens, and, and uh, we had, she had a nice flock of chickens, I guess that's what it's called. And, and they were doing good, and they were growing, and they were producing eggs. And all of a sudden, we noticed that we were losing chickens. And, and it was every day that I would go out to shut them back up at night and, and uh, bed them down that, that we were missing a chicken. And, and late one night, we had gotten home late, and, and I took the flashlight, and I went out to shut the chickens up and to put them to bed. And as I walked out and walked to uh, the chicken house and was about to go around the corner, I heard the awfulest racket that you could ever imagine. There was a hen that was screaming and hollering and cackling, and I, I, I really believe that she was saying, Cornelius, help me. And so I ran around the corner, and I came face to face with two coons that was in the chicken house. One of them ran out between my legs, and the other one ran out riding on the tail of a red hen. And I was screaming and hollering, chasing them down the hill. We got a little pond of water right down close to the chicken house. That chicken was running. She ran right out in the middle of that water, and that coon was right on her. I went right out there with her. I said, you ain't going to get this chicken tonight, buddy. I'll wrestle you down and throw you down in this water. I'll let you know who's boss, and I'm glad he turned around and left. And so I began to realize that the problem that we had was that the coons were stealing our chickens and eating the chickens. So being the smart individual that I am, I got me one of them little traps. And I put that trap out there. And it had a little trigger on it. And so what I would do is I'd drop a little bit of corn right at that trigger. That old coon would come in. He would trigger that trap, and I'd catch him. We caught seven coons. And for all you animal rights activists, I didn't kill them. I relocated them to my neighbor's house. Now, no, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I relocated all seven of them. But how did I do it? I did it with a trap. I put some bait out, and they walked in. They took the bait and got trapped. Jesus said this. He said, blessed is the man or the one who is not trapped by me. And here's what I think that Jesus was saying. John the Baptist was in prison. And listen, the battles and the trials of being in, in prison. Plus, I believe that John the Baptist was expecting that Jesus was going to do something different than he was doing. I believe John the Baptist perhaps got caught up in the popular idea that Jesus was going to set up an earthly kingdom that he was going to overthrow the Roman government, and he was going to set up an earthly kingdom there. In other words, he had unrealistic expectations of what God was supposed to do. 
You can see that in the disciples. It's very biblical. You can look at it and read it. Uh, The disciples had the same idea. They thought that Jesus was going to set up an earthly kingdom and that he was going to overthrow the Roman government and and set the nation of Israel free and everybody was going to be happy. But what they didn't realize was that Jesus understood that if I set you free today, you'll be back in bondage within a few years because I'm not dealing with the issue that brought you into bondage to start with. And Jesus recognizes more so than we do that my problem is not not what you're seeing on the outside but my problem is what is living on the inside when I look at the mirror I look pretty good or I think I do but when God looks in the mirror of my life he said son I see some areas in your life that you need to get right I see some sin in your life that you need to deal with God looks at the inner man and works from the inside out when we want to look at the outside and try to fix the outside in order to take care of the inside but that's not the way the kingdom of God works and that's the beauty of it I'm so glad that when God looked into my life he saw farther than my outward appearance and he recognized that I needed a redeemer a savior and the only way that I could have help is that the blood of Jesus Christ would be applied to my life so there are a lot of things that we could say about John the Baptist and I'm not bashing him but I'm telling you the truth he sent that message to Jesus for a reason There was a reason that he was asking, are you the one? There was a reason that he was asking the question, do we need to go somewhere else and look farther? Because he was having doubts of who Jesus was. Because he had gotten into a trap. He had become offended by the situation that he was in. And he had stumbled because of the battle. Can I tell you something this morning? Listen, Jesus said this in Luke chapter 17 and verse 1. He said, it is impossible. Everybody say impossible. It is impossible They took it down. There it is. I see it now. I'm sorry. He said, it is impossible, but that offenses, and that's that word scandalizo, it's impossible, that of, but that offenses will come, but woe unto him through whom they cometh. Listen, we're living in a messed up world. And the sad thing about it is when people see that you are walking with God and serving God and on fire for God, I say this all the time, if the devil thinks that he can discourage you by somebody else's words or actions toward you, he'll put somebody on a plane and fly them a thousand miles and they'll get off and walk all the way to McCullough just to walk in this building and discourage you with a word because the enemy is out to discourage and tear you down. Listen, and and the Lord spoke to me and he said son I want you to tell them that they need to beware of the stumbling blocks 
thoughts that the enemy will put in their way. He said, I want you to tell them to be aware of the traps that the enemy will set before them. He said, because John the Baptist was walking in an anointing and in the power of the Holy Ghost, and he said, but things happened, and he wound up in prison, and he began to doubt the very one that he had baptized. You ain't listening. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't hearing this. I'm going to just come right down here with y'all. You say, but pastor, I would never, I would never stumble. I would never be offended. Can I, can I be real with you? There are people that are supposed to be sitting right beside you today. But they're not here this morning because somebody did something, something happened in their life, and they got offended. Scandalizo. There are people this morning that started out on fire for God and something happened. There there are people this morning that you were walking in ministry and you were serving the Lord and loving the Lord, but something happened in your life and, and the devil set a trap for you and you got offended and now you're dealing with the battle of being offended. But God sent me here this morning to tell you that there's a way out of that trap that the devil set for you because that trap was just a, a, a dash in the middle of what God says I'm going to do in your life because the trap is not your destiny the trap is not your future but God said I've got something greater and God said I'm going to break the power of the trap on people's lives and I'm going to raise them up and let them know that they've got to stand up and bow out bow their neck back and say devil you tried to get me you tried to stop me you tried to shut me down but you you messed up because you didn't kill me then I'm still a threat to you listen so John baptizes Jesus and then then sends a message and say says are you the one but we see this in several places in scripture Peter Peter's one of the greatest apostles that we, we've ever had. Wrote a lot of words in the New Testament. He's a great man of God. But can I tell you something? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 17 that Peter made this confession about Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, who do men say that I am? Peter made this great confession and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus was amazed by what Peter said. As a matter of fact, he was so amazed, Wednesday night crew, those of you that that were coming on Wednesday night, he was so amazed that at that point, Jesus called him by another name. He said, you are Peter. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. By the confession that Peter said, Jesus said, man, that that confession is so powerful, Peter, that I'm going to build my church upon that kind of faith. 
pretty awesome, huh? Do I need to say that again? Thank you. Peter said, Jesus, you are the son of the living God. Jesus said, wow. That's that other version. It hadn't come out yet, but Jesus said, wow. I am blown away by your faith. But if you read in your Bible, five verses later, Jesus looked at this same one and was blown away by his confession. Jesus looked at Peter and said, get thee behind me, Satan. It wasn't five years later. It was five verses later. Because Peter had told Jesus, you're not going to the cross. And Jesus rebuked him and said, you don't know the plan of God. And, and, and to make a, a, a long story short, shorter, you know how Peter said, Lord, I'll never deny you. And Jesus said, oh, but you will. See, what I'm trying to tell you is this, ladies and gentlemen, that all of us get in those places where we are prone to stumbling. All of us get in those places where things happen in our lives. We get tripped up with things. And that's the ones that I'm talking to this morning because you've been tripped up by something. You've stumbled on something. There's a trap that was laid out for you, and you got caught in that trap. But God wanted me to tell you today that that trap is not the end of your journey, that God's saying today that the trap was just uh, just a moment in your life, but I'm about to raise you up because I'm going to set you free by the power of the Word of God. Listen to this. And y'all look at all this stuff that I'm skipping. So here's the thing. Here's what the Lord began to deal with me about. He said, son, people are stumbling over stuff, stuff because they're believing a lie from the enemy. They're believing a lie from the enemy. But here's what the Lord said. The Lord said to me, he said, son, he said, when the lie of hell is confronted by the truth of my word, he said, there is nothing that can keep them bound. So what we're doing this morning is we're confronting the lie of darkness that has told you you were trapped and you'll never be able to get out from under that trap. You'll never be able to rise above that bondage. You'll never be able to get above what people have said. You'll never be able to get past the disappointments of what you struggle with. And listen, this morning, there are people that are sitting here today, and you've been in ministries, and you've been under ministers that have wounded you and hurt you and bruised your life. And you thought about, well, I might as well just stay at home. But listen, God brought you here this morning to McCullough Christian 
Christian Center and I with a smile on my face tell you this that God brought you here today to let you know what you already knew that God said I'm going to set you free because the destiny that I have for you is greater than what somebody has done in your life Listen, you are a lot stronger than you think you are and you are a lot better than you think you are and you are a lot greater than you think you are. Your mess up is not as near as bad as you think it is. Okay, so here's the thing. On down in that chapter, Matthew chapter 11, Jesus is is continuing on his response to John the Baptist, and I want you to catch what he said, man. It just blew me away. I've read it before, but I never read it like this. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 11, there, uh, yeah, we're coming. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 11, guys. See, when I start skipping around, I mess up the media crew. And thank you for putting that 12 o'clock up there. Matthew chapter 11, look at this. Jesus said this. Those of you that are going to be baptized, if you guys want to go ahead and go on back and, and start getting ready for baptism, we're, we're fixing to close. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 11, Jesus said this, Verily I say unto you, Among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Listen to this. Please, please hear this. You guys can go ahead if you want to. Or if you want to sit and listen, that's fine too. Whatever you want to do. That's all right, baby. You just sit. That's I'll stay here at 2 o'clock. But I want you to hear this. John the Baptist is in prison. He's broken. He's hurting. He's wounded. And probably he's fearful and all of that. And he's in a place that his very relationship with God is being questioned by the darkness that he's facing. You ever been there? You ever been there where you felt like even if you were around a crowd of people, you were right by yourself because nobody knew what you were going through. Nobody knew the pain that was on the inside. That was John the Baptist secluded in prison, sends this message to Jesus and says, hey, I just got to know. I got to know, are you the one or do we need to keep on looking? Here's the, here's the awesome thing. Oh, my goodness. Here's the awesome thing about God. This is the reason you need Jesus. This is the reason you need Jesus in your life because he's the greatest thing that can ever happen to anybody. Here's the beauty of, 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 of the God that I serve. 
while John the Baptist is still in prison and still struggling with what he's going through, he sends this message, and here's what Jesus says. Can you put that up for me, please, again? Jesus makes this statement. He says, truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. See, what the enemy does when we find ourselves in a trap is he tries to tell us that God doesn't care. He tries to tell us that God could care less about where we are. But John wasn't even hearing what Jesus was saying because Jesus was saying this, there's not one among you that is any greater ever born out of the womb of a woman than John the Baptist. So can you get this picture? Here's John the Baptist biting his fingernails and worried, fearful, stressed out and all that. Here's Jesus over here saying there's nobody greater. Here's John the Baptist biting his nails. Here's Jesus over here saying there's no one greater than John the Baptist. And here's John the Baptist over here. Oh, I don't know if he's really the one. I, I, maybe I messed up. Maybe, maybe I baptized somebody that wasn't him. And Jesus over here saying there's nobody, there's nobody ever been born of a woman that's greater than this man. And this man is sitting over here biting his nails and worried. Have you ever been there? Listen, can I tell you something this morning? I don't care what kind of hell you're going through this morning, and I don't, it doesn't matter what you're dealing with today. There's a God in heaven that is looking down on you, and I can promise you and assure you that the words that he's speaking to you is contrary to what you're dealing with in your mess. I can assure you this morning that you might be feeling like that all hope is gone and nobody cares for you, but I can assure you this morning that there's there's a God in heaven that is speaking life over to you. He's saying, son, just hold on because there's a destiny in your life. There's something great for you to do. And, and you might be thinking, God, I'm about to go down and die. But Jesus is saying, I am the resurrection and the life. And you are not going to die, but you're going to live and you will declare the works of the Lord. And you say, but oh, but pastor, that's all John the Baptist. Oh, you didn't read the rest of the scripture. You didn't see the rest of the story. You about missed it. Jesus said this, yet, yet, the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he, oh my goodness, that pretty much encompasses all of us here this morning. Come on, worship team, would you guys come? Red, yellow, black or white, they're all precious 
in his sight. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how spiritual you feel. It doesn't matter how lost you feel. I'm so glad this morning for the mercies of God. That while I'm in my prison and while I'm doubting even who God is and while I'm struggling with my own identity in Jesus, I am so glad this morning that I can read a story like John the Baptist and know that the same Savior that spoke those words about him is speaking those same words about me. How many of you know we're loved by the Father? So I want to encourage you today, those of you that have gotten caught up in a trap and a bondage, let me encourage you this morning, that trap's not your end. What the enemy tried to do to you and, try, and tried to stop you with, God said, it ain't going to stop you because there's greater, there's greater works to be done by you. Would you stand with me, please? Listen, I know we've already had, a, had an awesome altar service. And God has moved in a mighty way. Now understand people have to leave, but listen to me before anybody else walks out so you won't think I'm picking on you. If your son or daughter was about to be baptized, would you walk out? We're about to go into a celebration, guys. We're about to see some of the greatest things that ever happens on the face of this planet. People that have made a decision for Jesus. Not just people. These are young men and young ladies that have stepped up and said, I'm going to serve the Lord. So please give us just a few minutes. They'll hold the buffet open for you. Restaurants will still be open for you. But listen, I want you to celebrate these that are being baptized this morning. And I want that when they go down in the water and come up, I want you to raise the roof of this building. And I want you to let them know that's the greatest thing that they have ever or ever will do. More than a touchdown. So we're going to go into some worship this morning. And I want to encourage you today, if this message spoke to you, what caused you to stumble? If it spoke to you, this is your time today to say, Lord, I'm getting it right. I'm making it right today. 
From this day forward, I recognize the traps that the enemy will set. And I'm moving on. I'm moving on. I'm not going to be condemned by it. I'm moving on. Because there's great things for me to do for the kingdom of God. Amen.